Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. My name is Jillian, and if you don't know me, I am a nutrition coach who specializes in helping individuals change their eating habits and improve their relationship with food and their body. And I say this very, very proudly because this is a process that I personally started mm, over 15 years ago. And if you had met me 15 years ago and seen some of my eating habits and heard some of the thoughts that went through my head about my body, wow, a lot has changed since then. And this episode was actually sparked from a, an Instagram post that I did a while back that was one of my most popular Instagram posts. Um, it seemed to be one that resonated with a lot of people and perhaps hopefully, I'm going to say hopefully, because I feel a bit weird being like, this inspired so many people. I hope this inspired people. Uh, but it was a very, a very popular Instagram post. And I thought I would turn it into a podcast episode because here I get to expand on so many things. And so that is five habits that truly changed my life. And this may sound a bit sort of extreme, I guess, but really you're going to hear that these five habits, they're quite small and they're habits that the way that I see it have sort of been the seed for different things to change in my life. And so I'm going to share with you a little bit about what the initial habit was. And then at the end, I want to talk to you a little bit about why those habits had such a big impact. And then if you are looking at how to implement a new habit or change a habit, something that I think is very, very important to, to explore when, especially if you're someone that tends to struggle with this, like, Hey, I'm going to create a new habit. I'm going to create a new routine and it works out for a little while. And then something changes about your life and all of a sudden it falls off. And so uh, I used to consider myself someone very disorganized, very chaotic. If you've been listening to me for a while, or you follow me on Instagram, you know that I share often. I'm easily distracted. I'm a very dynamic person. And those are things that I love about myself, but some of the beliefs that I had and, and still sometimes pop up about the way that I think or the way that I do things, some of those were really, really limiting as far as getting me to change my behavior and do things in a different way. So I'm not going to go on and on in this intro because I want to get to these five habits. And then I'm going to chat a little bit about something that I think is, is really key that we often miss when we are looking to create habits that last. So before we get started, I want to be clear, a habit is not necessarily something that you just do every single day. Some habits you do every single day. Some habits are simply a, a more automatic response to a certain stimulus. And so that might be something that happens weekly. That might be something that happens monthly, but it is something that doesn't take one, you know, once it's established, it's something that doesn't take an extreme amount of mental effort or willpower. And so that means that if you are continuously having to like bargain with yourself and stress yourself out about doing a certain habit, it may be that that habit simply takes up too much time or is too complicated to actually start integrating in a way that will eventually become more automatic. I say more automatic because these things do take conscious thought, but I like to think of habits as things that you don't necessarily have to bargain with yourself to do once they've been established, once you've done a certain amount of, I don't want to tell you a certain amount of days or a certain amount of repetitions because that depends for everyone. I've, I've read information that states that 
creating a habit can take anywhere from something like 18 days to 200 and something days. And so people that say, you know, it takes 21 days to create a habit. Um, maybe, maybe not. It depends on the individual. So if you've been doing something for, you know, 21 days and it's not a habit yet, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. There may be some things, some troubleshooting that you could do for that habit. But anyways, I'm going to cut myself off here and go into the five habits that changed my life. Hopefully they are helpful to you in understanding how and why I did this. And so these are in no particular order, but the first one I have, again, no particular order, is limiting screen time. And this specific habit started out with excluding screens from the bedroom, specifically computer screens. So I had gotten in the habit of getting into bed at night with my computer and watching an episode or two of a TV show. I tend to be quite naturally apt I suppose is a, a, a decent way to say this. It's, it tends to be not so hard for me to say, okay, hey, you need to stop watching now because you need to go to bed. So I was never the person that would watch like eight episodes and go to bed at four o'clock in the morning. But I did notice that this would, while I would go to bed quickly, I would be quite restless throughout the night. As I learned a little bit more about sleep cycles and how sleep works, I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe having my computer in my bedroom at night before I go to bed is not the most efficient way for me to get a great night's sleep. I've also personally growing up, I was an avid, avid reader. I have images of myself as a child, literally hiding under tables <laughs> to read Harry Potter. And I had lost that. And so I swapped out the habit of watching Netflix every night before I go to bed with reading. And so this, and then this habit is sort of a two-step thing. So for me, the first step was limiting specifically TV, sort of like series watching time in bed. So my computer no longer entered the bedroom and I would read instead. And so that habit was really great for winding down. And also for me, reading is incredible for my creativity. I tend to read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy. So very creative right there. And then the second step for this for me was recognizing that I was in the habit of first thing in the morning when I would wake up, I would look at my phone right away and I would get sucked into looking at Instagram or looking at emails. And so the second step in this habit for me was limiting my phone screen time specifically in the morning. And the way that I did these things was actually by setting constraints on myself. So the first constraint was not bringing my computer into the bedroom. It just lived outside of the bedroom. And so it was a lot easier for me to not watch it when the temptation of my computer was not physically next to me. And then the second part of that, the limiting the phone screen time, I used technology because we know that our willpower isn't great. And so if you can put constraints on yourself that don't rely on your specific willpower, that is so helpful for creating a new habit. And this for me looked like setting downtime on my phone. I have an iPhone and there's a setting that you can go in and actually set screen time and, and app usage. And so I, I simply changed it so that I couldn't look at certain apps on my phone until a certain time of morning. And that was really helpful for me because when I woke up in the morning at, and my alarm went off, I still use my phone for my alarm. I wouldn't see a million Instagram notifications or emails. All I would see is my alarm 
And then I wouldn't be able to see those notifications until the time that I decided in the morning. So that was incredibly helpful for me. And so the ripple effect for me in my life is I now have a much calmer morning. So I start out in a different mindset. And then at night, I'm able to move myself into, this is going to sound kind of cheesy, move myself into a different world and a different headspace because I read instead of having my brain be activated by things on a screen or by the blue light from my screen. And so that limiting screen time for me has been very impactful. And so habit number two also has to do with sleep, but this has a slightly different ripple effect. And that was dropping the snooze button. And this is one I, I specifically talk to a lot of my clients about because we have this idea that, oh, you know, I don't want to tear myself out of bed. I want to wake up calmly. Oh, I'll just snooze for a while. And I've talked to people who snooze for almost an hour. And really what's happening is that in it, we're just prolonging that feeling of, oh God, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to get out of bed. And it actually doesn't let you get more rest. And so one of the, the habits that I often work on with clients, and for me, I didn't have to do this because I simply told myself when my alarm goes off, that is the time I need to wake up. So I'm going to get out of bed. I have a, a certain amount of like time anxiety, which is I'm always worried I'm not going to have enough time to do things. And so for me, it wasn't, I, I didn't end up sort of quote unquote cheating myself. I just knew that I had set the alarm for the time that I actually need to wake up. And so I would get out of bed for other people. What can be really helpful in removing that sort of willpower part is actually putting the phone in a different place. And so I have many clients that will plug their phone in outside their bedroom. And so they can still hear the alarm, but they're not, they, they have to get out of bed in order to turn the alarm off. But this is, so there's, there's physiological reasons why this is helpful. And that is because we actually want a little spike of cortisol. Cortisol is our stress hormone. We want a little spike of cortisol in the morning and getting out of bed quickly helps with that. And so that helps us become more alert. It helps us get rid of that like draggy sort of moving through mud feeling in the morning. And it also sort of rips the band-aid off when it comes to getting yourself out of bed. So that's one I would highly recommend exploring. And learn, so third habit, and this is, this is a larger, so this is not so much a like trigger response habit. This is more of like a general life way of thinking. And part of this was learning to say no. And so the habit that this actually was, is pausing when being asked a question or being asked to make a commitment and actually learning how to think about how does this ask align with what I want for my life. And so for me, what this meant was I was often saying yes to social events or yes to work commitments. When I actually, when I stopped to think about it, I was like, oh God, I don't want to do that. Or I don't have time to do that. Or I don't know if I want to do that. And for me, I've over the years become very, very, very good at setting boundaries. And if you're listening to this and you need help setting boundaries and you'd like perhaps a podcast episode on that, or you'd like some coaching on that specifically around like eating habits and behavior change, I'm, I'm your girl. I'm your girl. I'm awesome. I love, love, love helping people learn how to set boundaries. So with that, I used to suck at setting boundaries. 
And part of that was because I was scared that other people were either going to not ask me to do more cool work projects or people were going to ask me to, or going to stop asking me to do things. But the habit that I created was when someone would ask me to do something, I would then check in with myself and say, does this align with what I want? Does this align with my values? And is this something that I can be sure is going to make, I don't want to say make me happy, but am I going to be happy that I made this decision? And if I wasn't sure, I was honest about that. And so learning to say no, and also learning that no is a complete sentence has been a game changer for me. It's opened up so many avenues as far as spending time with people that I really want to spend time with and avoiding situations that I maybe don't want to be a part of. Uh, Also for not over committing myself when it comes to my business or when it comes to work and being able to really focus on what's important to me. And part of what's really helpful with this is, is knowing your values. And so I will link, I, I will link my values worksheet below this, uh, below this podcast in the show notes and accessing the values exercise and doing the values exercise. It's like a 10 minute exercise and it can be very, very, very illuminating. It's something I do with all of my new clients and my group coaching participants at the very beginning of working together. And then we revisit it throughout coaching. And it can be really helpful in helping you determine what do I say yes to and what do I say no to. Next habit, habit number four. I don't know why I said that like that, but here we go. So this was cooking twice. Cooking, what well, I wrote this down backwards. Cooking twice, cooking once to eat twice. Wow, my brain. <laughs> cooking once to eat twice. And the reason I say it like this is essentially when we are meal prepping, we are, we are essentially cooking once to eat multiple times. And for me, meal prepping has always felt very overwhelming because I like variety. One of my values is freedom and another value is creativity. And so for me, cooking my meals on Monday and being like, this is what you're eating, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that doesn't work for me. I don't like that. And that is a recipe for me to go looking for extra excitement in my nutrition. And so for me, essentially what I do is anytime I cook something, I make sure I cook enough of that thing to eat for at least one other meal. And so what that does is I end up, so I'll give you an example. The other day I cooked a big pan of veggies and I don't usually spend a lot of time cooking. And so for me, if I'm going to spend time cooking, I'm definitely going to cook more than enough for one meal. So I made this big pan of veggies. And it actually has now served me for four meals. And what I've done is I've changed what I mix it with for every meal. And so that one component has made it easier to make future meals. So for example, the day that I made it, I ate it with, I think, a piece of fish and some, I want to say chickpeas. And then the next day I mixed it into a salad and I had, I think I had toast and maybe canned tuna. And then the following day, a little bit of chicken. And I think it was like lentil pasta, something like that. So you can see that the same component I mixed in different ways. And that for me allows me a bit of creativity without spending a ton of time cooking all the time. And so that habit for me has been a game changer, especially understanding that for me, it is really important to get protein, carbohydrates, fat, and veggies in pretty much every meal. That's how I feel my best. And it supports 
my health and my life goals. <laughs> and so cooking once to eat twice has been a habit that has really been impactful for me in facilitating the type of life I want to lead. And this is also something I teach my clients how to do and teach them how to put meals together in this way. And last habit, last habit for me. So I used to do this for a different reason than I do now. And the habit in itself is drinking a giant glass of water first thing in the morning. And I used to do this. So first I started out doing this just because I was like, oh, I don't drink very much water. Well, I guess I'll front load it in the morning. Then that kind of shifted to, I need to drink X amount of water every morning. So I'm not as hungry because I was very concerned about eating too many calories and gaining weight. And now it's shifted to simply, I wake up pretty dehydrated and thirsty. And so drinking a bunch of water in the morning helps me be less dehydrated throughout the day, especially because I, as the day goes on, I know my patterns, I tend to drink less water later in the day. And so it's really helpful for me to drink more water early in the morning. And then just personally, this is an anecdotal thing. This is not, I don't have any scientific research to back this up. Although I have, you know, people will say like drinking more water boosts your energy. Yeah, that's true. For me, drinking water first thing in the morning, it wakes me up. I drink my giant, obviously I pee first. Don't want to like add water to, to full bladder. So I go to the bathroom and then I'll head to the kitchen and chug a big glass of water. And that for me is something that wakes me up. Whether that is something I've just convinced myself is true or it's actually true, that is for you to decide. But that has been a really important habit for me for kicking off my day in a great way. So those are the five habits that have been, I mean, there's more, but these are the ones that I've chosen to share. Limiting screen time, dropping the snooze button, learning to say no, cooking once to eat twice and drinking water first thing in the morning have been very impactful for me. And I want to talk a little bit about kind of how this has changed me. And the reason why is because I mentioned at the beginning that I had very strong beliefs around the type of person that I was. And this is something that I see so commonly in when I, you know, when I talk to people on social media, when I have, when I start with new clients is I am this way and this is why, and me being this way is why I can't do X, Y, Z. And while those things may be true in your life up until now, if we believe that those things are unchanging and that you are not in any way able to, to adjust those beliefs about yourself, then yes, it's going to be very hard to create habits that don't line up with those things. I'll give you an example. Uh, I was talking to a client the other day, and this is a client who currently what we're working on is her go-to for stressful situations is to eat. And so she'll you know, feel stress or feel a difficult emotion or want to avoid some type of stress in her life. And she will go and buy a couple of ice cream bars or a loaf of bread or whatever she chooses that day. And we started talking about, you know, why do you think that is? And she goes, well, I'm impulsive. And I was like, okay, cool. Why do you believe you're impulsive? And she's like, well, because I, you know, I can't control what I eat. I feel like I'm on automatic pilot, et cetera, et cetera. All of these reasons why she's impulsive. And that belief in herself as I am impulsive, think about it. It makes a lot of sense that as an impulsive person, she would feel a certain way and react rather than respond. And so- we talked about, well, obviously, if you feel stress and you react by going to eat, 
if you're an impulsive person, that aligns perfectly with that identity. And so we talked a little bit about like, what would you need to believe about yourself in order to respond to those feelings in a different way? And we broke down a little bit of the beliefs that she would need to have about who she is in order to respond to an urge rather than react to an urge. And so for her, it wasn't about changing this belief of I am impulsive or this identity of I'm an impulsive person in one conversation. It was about opening herself up to the concept of I am someone who is learning to be less impulsive and I, and being able to identify what are the qualities, characteristics, and actions that a person who was not impulsive or a person who had a different identity would respond to these types of situations. And so for me, in adopting a lot of these habits, it helped me adopt a slightly different identity around, I don't feel as chaotic anymore. I am no longer someone that's just unorganized. I am someone who is in a process of learning to be more organized. I am not someone that hates cooking. I am someone that likes to be efficient with my cooking methods. And so those shifts support the things that I want to do. I have an episode. It was actually, I think it's episode one of this podcast. So the very first English language, English language episode you'll find on the Bite Size Nutrition podcast feed. You that is about identity, and I think can be very, really, really helpful. If you'd like to chat with me a little bit more about this and what it means and what this could look like for you, go ahead and reach out to me. You'll find contact details in the show notes. You can always shoot me a message on Instagram at bite size nutri. You can shoot me an email, Jillian at bitesize.es. And I really appreciate you being here and listening to this. And I'd love to hear from you any habits that you might be working on or any habits that you might be struggling with. It means so, so, so much to me. There's a few things that mean quite a lot to me. So this podcast is like my baby. I absolutely adore recording these podcasts. Like I find them so much fun to put together and so much fun to record them and hearing feedback on these, whether it is constructive feedback on, Hey, like more of this or less of this or positive feedback on, Hey, I really loved X, Y, Z. Thank you so much. It means so much to me. And one of the ways that you can do that, even if you're like, I don't want to write Jillian, I don't want to send her a message, is just by leaving me a rating or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That is also really helpful for other people to find the podcast. If you'd like a little bit more of a little bit more of me, I guess, and some more personal stories and also some little mindset trainings or free downloads, you can sign up for my email, uh, my email newsletter. And that is a once weekly email where we chat a little bit about things in that have come up in my life, how I maybe have approached them and advice and sort of trainings and ways that you can start to shift the way that you view your nutrition, your body and your habits. And with that, I'm gonna cut myself off here because I always drag these things out. So if you've made it this far, you're amazing, appreciate it. I'm gonna try to be putting out two episodes a week from now on, I hope that that, I hope that I can maintain that. At the very minimum, there will be one episode a week. Pass this on to someone in your life that you think could benefit from listening to this, please. And thank you so much for being here and listening. And I hope that you just have a wonderful day, week, day, hopefully day, because hopefully you're going to be back and listening to a new episode very soon.